1: Hey, welcome back. It's Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here. We have a fun one today for you. Mariners celebrating, enjoying a relaxing off day, well earned off day. As the Mariners get the win over the Angels yesterday in a thriller, they win the series. So the M's a game and a half back of the Houston Astros on the off day. And right now ahead of the Blue Jays in the wild card mix by one full game, a half game behind the Rangers. In the wild card mix and the division, and we'll see what happens tonight. All eyes will be on Toronto and Texas as the Rangers now have won five in a row. They look to sweep aside the Blue Jays. Mariners will take on the Dodgers coming up this weekend. So. Here we go, heading down the stretch. And uh, on this podcast, we had a chance to talk about all of this with Ken Rosenthal. You hear him, one of the great baseball voices in the game. And we had a chance to catch up with him in Tampa Bay. So a very fun conversation. Also, Aaron and I chatted with one of the newest Mariners, Dom Canzone. A wide-ranging conversation, including, I think my favorite part is, when he feels comfortable enough to flash... The no-fly zone which is pretty great so we'll start the conversation though with the great ken rosenthal
2: shannon dreyer rick riz unfortunately aaron goldsmith and our very special <laughs> guest ken rosenthal here ken it's great to see you shannon, and,
0: pu- thank you for putting it that way I, well, unfortunately, you know aaron you know, Congratulations, you, know you know
2: and you know i wrote
0: a line today it's very similar to that i said Well, it was fortunately for the Nationals, they did sign Anthony Randone. Unfortunately for the Mariners, (laughs) I guess this guy's here forever.
2: (laughs) I I, I like how you put that. (laughs) Hey, we run into you throughout the year, and I'm just curious, because you do everything there is to be done in this game. Let's take the postseason out of it. What's your favorite time on the baseball calendar?
0: September. Okay. And people will say, oh, the deadline. No, the deadline is not my favorite time. That's (laughs) a hard time. This is what we've been waiting five months for five and a half months for to to see all of it play out every team soap opera reach its conclusion and the games are the best games we'll see outside of the postseason sometimes better so this is definitely my favorite time of year
3: kenny uh you know this has been so much fun you cover everything we keep an eye on the american league west it's been a great race the mariners only half game out your thoughts about What's going on in the West here? The Houston Astros, the Mariners, Texas Rangers have had a huge falling out.
0: Rick, the whole thing is surprising to me, honestly. The Mariners had not a great first half. You guys know that better than anyone. The Rangers looked like world beaters until August 15th. That was the day when this slide started. And the Astros, I have thought for most of the year, were not quite what we've seen in recent years. The pitching was a little short. Obviously, at times, they were missing Altuve and Alvarez and Brantley the whole year. I just didn't see them quite as strong. I still don't. But here they are again, and they're right there. And what the Mariners have done, too, has been surprising based on what we saw pretty much up until the deadline. So it's been a cool race, and I just wonder if the Rangers have one last breath in them. That's that's the one thing I'm not— Sure of, because we've seen some teams now. they've been in the National League, but we've seen some teams kind of come off the mat in the wildcard race. The Marlins, the Diamondbacks, these teams had some horrible stretches, yeah. but yet they're right in it, too. So I'm interested to see how these next few weeks play out, because it's going to be right to the end in this division, I'm sure. Yeah. You
3: know, the two leagues are so different in the National League. There, there are two Goliaths, right? The Braves and the Dodgers, for sure. Like undisputed, the two best teams in the National League. When you look at the American League right now and you map out the postseason and the path to the World Series, you can make a case for almost any team that's in the mix right now to actually go all the way to the fall classic. Who in your mind as of right now, and a lot can change, who are you seeing that you say the way that this team's put together, they have the best chance to run all the way to the World Series?
0: I don't know if I can say one team with the best chance, but Seattle because of its starting pitching and even the bullpen. It's pitching overall is postseason caliber. And in the postseason, maybe Wu goes to the bullpen. You could do some different things. They're pretty impressive. And actually, Aaron, we had the Twins a couple weeks ago. And I thought, and this is a dangerous thing to say since they never win in the (laughs) postseason, I thought this was a team that finally looks like it's ready to maybe do something in the postseason. They've got at the top of their rotation Ryan and gray and pablo lopez that's better than they've had their offense has come alive much like the mariners so you're right it's a very balanced league in that respect we don't see the behemoths like we have in the past like i said houston i think is a little weaker the yankees and red sox don't even figure and while baltimore is really good i'm not totally convinced by their pitching, even though it's starting, been...
3: Starting pitching in particular? Starting
0: pitching in particular, even though it's been difficult to argue with what they've done yeah. the last month or so. British and Grayson Rodriguez and Dean Kramer, they've been good enough, but I'm not totally there with them. And this team, Tampa Bay, <laughs> they're inconsistent offensively to some degree. Remember the beginning of the year, they were crazy good. But they've gone through some stretches now where you're just not that impressed by them offensively. So, to your point, it's wide open.
3: Ken, th- you... Thanks for getting back to my point, Ken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, it's, always... only...
3: Ken, it's about a 10 minute segment we've allotted
0: here. I always try to circle back to your intellect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that takes two seconds. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ken, when you, you uh, come upon the Mariners, who are you interested in talking to? What are the storylines that you, you want to get up close and personal with?
0: Well, Teo is a guy that I have kind of liked from afar when he was with Toronto and now Seattle and to see how he's come on that to me is a good story and it seems that he was a little distracted before the deadline understandably so, he wasn't sure if he was going to get moved or not and then you look at a guy like Crawford and the progress he's made offensively and of course he's a brilliant defender and Julio, obviously Julio's the star (laughs) of stars so they're a team that Let's just look at it from a national television perspective. If they got in and were in the ALCS, that would be a team I would think people would want to see. Suarez, really good defensively. Kyle Raleigh, a player that not many people maybe know about the same way, but he's a star. So those guys, plus Castillo and Kirby and those guys, it's pretty interesting.
3: Kenny, we get a chance to watch Julio Rodriguez every day. Bobby Witt over with the Kansas City Royals. We just saw Ellie Dela Cruz with the Cincinnati Reds. What kind of shape is baseball in
0: with the young stars today? Rick, you can even look at Acuna as a young player. Yes. He's a fairly young player, and it's tremendous to see what is going on in the sport with those kinds of guys. And actually, with Cincinnati, Dela Cruz is a brilliant physical talent and looks like he's going to be a great player. But Matt McClain, who you Mm -hmm. didn't see, I don't think, in this series, he got hurt. He was... Maybe their best player before he got hurt. And Spencer Steer, he is a terrific player, Rookie of the Year candidate. The kid at third base and sometimes first base, Encarnacion Strand. And, oh, Marte, the former Mariner. So that team, Andrew Abbott's another one, the left-hander, they are loaded with these young guys. Baltimore is loaded with these young guys and Baltimore has the best prospect in the game who we haven't even seen yet and we're probably going to see him next year, Jackson Holiday. So, really, you can name one after another. And Gunner go, Henderson. Go, Gunner Henderson, of course. Yeah. Go right through the big leagues, and pretty much every team has at least one or two of these kinds of players. It's really exciting. And, hey, the Diamondbacks just brought up Jordan Lawler, and they made him their starting shortstop in the middle of the pennant race. This is the kind of thing that goes on in baseball now, sometimes not always for the best, but... It's pretty cool to see.
3: Ken Rosenthal is our guest here on the roundtable. Ken, how, how do you keep up? How do you keep up with everything? What's your process?
0: I wake up in the morning and I read all the game stories. Now, this time of year, I eliminate the non-contenders, and that's just to save time, really. But I will read the MLB.com accounts of every game, and then I will dig deeper. I'll read our stuff, The Athletic, and that's a few hours a day, and then there's time on the phone generally every day, depending on which day of the week it is. It's different when I'm getting ready for a broadcast, obviously. But that's the part that's kind of exhausting, trying to keep up. And the other thing is, the sport never stops. You guys know this. Usually, now with one trade deadline, August is fairly quiet and September's nice. You can just watch baseball, but the last two weeks have been throwing me off my rhythm (laughs) because... (laughs) There's been a lot going on and from Arias with the Dodgers to the waiver claims. Wanda Franco was a couple of weeks ago. it's been nonstop and that's why we love following the game. There's so much action all the time. Not some of these stories, obviously, but at the same time it it's difficult. Yeah, that's that's the part that gets to you.
3: You, speaking of talking on the phone, you spoke with Jared Kelnick earlier this year. You had a a wonderful, very in-depth profile about Jared, and we are expecting him to return to the Mariners, and the Mariners get back home somewhere around that time. Your impressions of just your time talking baseball, talking career with Jared Kelnick?
0: That was one of my favorite interviews of all time, literally of all time, because I had not spoken to him but once before that, and I knew what he had gone through. Of course, we all know his story. And he got on the phone, and we're talking, and there was a maturity there that I was really kind of blown away by. And when he had the injury, what happened there when he lost it, it surprised me based on that. Now, if the game is tough and gets the guys, we get that. But I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. He looked like a superstar that first month, obviously. But... It seems to me that his head is on straight, despite what happened. (laughs) If his foot isn't. (laughs) Exactly. And I always enjoy stories where guys are kind of counted out and look like they're not going to make it maybe, and then suddenly they're there. And those, to me, are my favorite stories. And that interview, I, I could not believe it. And I'll even share this. When I was transcribing the tape, I was playing it out loud, my wife, who's not really a baseball fan at all, is listening. She's like, whoa, that guy's impressive. Mm -hmm. And yes, he was impressive in that interview and he's impressive, period. So hopefully he gets back, he's good and maybe he hits a big home run to get him in or something. Who knows?
2: We have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and ask about the offseason. What is going to happen with the New York teams this winter?
0: Shannon, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Mets are going to be interesting in the sense that we don't know if their manager is coming back. We don't know if they're going to hire the president of baseball operations, David Stearns, as the leading candidate. We think that's going to happen. And then they told Scherzer and Verlander they weren't going to spend as big, but I'll believe that when I see that. So they're going to be really interesting. And the Yankees, it's a different question. It's a roster construction question. And it certainly seems like they do not want to change general managers. Brian Cashman, 25 straight winning seasons. But their fans, I hear from fans for all teams, their fans might be the most exasperated in the country right now. They are fed up with the way this team has been built. So does the manager come back, Aaron Boone? I would think the answer to that is yes, unless they want to throw the fans a bone. But the fans would still not be happy because they believe the problem is Cashman. Mm. So they've talked about... Doing this internal review, which they're going to do. And we'll see where that leads. Maybe they'll make some changes in the analytics department. But they have constructed a team that does not fit the modern game. It's too lumbering in many ways. Now, they brought up some kids in the last two weeks, and it's been more interesting.
3: Yeah, they had five rookies in the lineup the other day.
0: And it was pretty impressive what these guys were doing. The catcher, Wells is good. Dominguez has had a nice start. But... That's going to be one to watch. I, I don't know, Shannon. It's going to be <laughs> the off season's always nuts, but baseball teams, never stops. No, it never stops. <laughs> Let's get, get through it, a great
2: it. postseason yeah. first. I believe
0: that's going to happen.
2: That okay, yeah. and I hope we see you in, in Seattle.
0: I would love to be in Seattle. I had a blast at the All Star Game and. When I was a beat writer, this is many years ago, like King Dome time, like before Aaron was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember you. Over there. Yeah, I really enjoyed coming to the city and yeah. to go back to, for the All Star game was great. So, I would not object if I'm seeing the Mariners in the playoffs. It'd
3: be great to see you there, Ken. It'd
2: be oh, great to see you too. Oh, they're I'm friends. <laughs> All right, Ken, thank you.
3: The next pitch. <laughs> Swinging a soft fly ball down the left field line, it's pulled foul. Canzone is racing over to foul territory. He makes the catch. He tumbles waist high over the wall into a table, and he makes the catch. Dom Canzone flashes the no fly zone in left field. He popped up in a hurry. How in the world did he reel that in and hold on to it? He went over a hurdle in left field by the foul pole. Dom, it's been so much fun to get to know you on the field and watch you contribute really immediately as a member of the Mariners. What have these first uh, few weeks, month or so, been like in this organization for you?
4: Just exciting more than anything, and just being on a team that is uh, in a a playoff race is something I just didn't – I I couldn't say I necessarily saw myself at the beginning of the year. So just uh, being in the playoff picture and just trying to help contribute in any way is just awesome so far.
5: Yeah, for fans that don't kind of realize – Your journey. You were only up for a couple weeks with Arizona before coming here. So, what has the adjustment been like, not only to the majors, but also a new organization at the same time? You got a lot thrown at you at once.
4: Yeah, for sure, it was a lot. It was a little bit chaotic at first, but definitely just an exciting time, like I said before, and just finally uh, being a little more comfortable up there and and just trusting myself and trusting the guys behind me.
3: So, we talked uh, a little while earlier about the trade and some guys are blown away really shocked startled by a trade given the personnel that the Diamondbacks had it sounds like you weren't all that shocked by the fact that your name was in the conversation for trades and then actually you were traded how did that news get broken to you and what was your initial reaction
4: um yeah i, w- I wasn't uh, that that shocked to be traded to be honest uh i, I figured that they're going to give away one of their left-handed bats whether it was myself or uh one of the other uh really good outfielders they have but yeah, I was in AAA for a while, uh, doing decent, and along with, some, again, some other good guys that have been doing well uh, there, and just when I got called in the office with Rojas, I kind of knew right away. So, uh, I figured something like that would happen, is they call, they call me up for uh, maybe a week or so, try it out, and then, uh, I mean, use, obviously use that as a little bit of trade leverage, I think, so uh, that that's part of it, and... Um, I completely understand it. it's, a, it's a business, and it
3: all worked out for the best, I think. When you come to a new organization, what's the like the onboarding process? Because there's so much going on, you're going to play that night, essentially. You've got a lot to get caught up on. What, what are those first 24, 48 hours like of just getting accustomed to the way the Mariners do things?
4: It was honestly an easy transition. Everybody here is uh, so laid back. They give you the information you need, and they just allow you to be yourself. And I think that's so huge when we're competing for a playoff spot and you can just be yourself and go out and do what you know you can do
5: let's talk about your journey a little bit an ohio guy Mm -hmm. was ohio state always the goal is that where you wanted to be
4: yeah always the goal once they offered me i pretty much just
3: said yes (laughs) i'll take whatever you (laughs) give me (laughs) now if i told you that gary went to ann arbor and is a wolverine would you would you walk away right now I want to walk away, just a little <laughs> bit, a uh, little bit disgusted. But
4: that's like, yeah. Well, you should know I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> he went to Washington State, so it's okay. Yeah. That is okay. Yeah. But there are a lot of Ann Arbor people I, I've met throughout the throughout the two organizations I've been with. So we need some more Ohio State people out here. I'm trying to think. Like a-
3: active, like Cronenworth went to Michigan.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Are there any other active big leaguers that were Wolverines?
4: Uh, Tommy Henry, I know for sure, uh, and then Carl
3: Kaufman. Rockies. Okay, now if you were like, let's say that you doubled, and we're playing the Padres, and Cronenworth is at second base. I mean, <laughs> is it just nobody has to say anything? <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't did not know he was
4: a, a Wolverine. It would, it would be more uh, if I if I got to FaceTime or something that would be pretty okay. cool because we're good buddies for sure.
3: What's that? What when you were in college uh, in Columbus is Michigan Ohio State on the baseball field as anticipated as it is on the football field? It was when I when I was there for sure. We definitely hated each other. There was there was
4: no uh, there was no laughing with each other. It was it was all business for sure.
5: Did I make a mistake by saying Ohio State? What's the the Ohio State rule? When do you put the in the mm.
4: mix? I honestly don't even know, man. I just, <laughs> I just I just I just say I went to Ohio State. A lot of people put a lot of evidence on the, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of shoving it in someone's face. So I don't I don't like to be caught up in all that. That type of
3: stuff. Uh, I think it kind of, every once in a while, I can give you a bad rep. Hey, we have been noticed in a very short period of time that you have the great ability to find the barrel of the bat. And uh, looking through some Canzone uh, college archives, Dom, it seems like Barrel was your nickname in college. Is this right? It was. It was given to me by one of the, the social media guys, but yeah. I mean, did that uh, did that stick in any regard? Were there were there signs for this, or was this just a a a, um, a badge of honor that you took uh, onto the field each and every day? I don't even know. He kind of just started saying it. And I guess it caught on
4: a little bit. I don't I don't even know if it, it was a nickname or something they just liked using on social media, but um, it, it definitely stuck for for a year or two.
5: How important was college in your development as a hitter?
4: Uh, I couldn't have done pro ball without it. That's for sure. Um, some guys are, are gifted enough to just have that ability right out of, right out of high school to just go, go straight and play pro ball, but I definitely need it for my development.
3: So when we look at kind of how you have evolved as a hitter and we've seen some interviews that you've done over time, it, it does seem like you have certainly evolved like anybody does, but we have seen the power, right, the ability to get the ball in the air, those two things in particular. How did that transformation happen for you and kind of at what points in your career?
4: I think the biggest part was after my sophomore year I talked to my hitting coach going to my junior year uh, Matt angle a future big leaguer or not future was a big leaguer and um, he uh, he talked to me just a little bit about the leg kick and we tried it out and just put more force in the ground to create a little bit more a uh, little bit more pop so we tried that out at the beginning of my uh, junior year and it and it worked and it and it helped a lot with just bringing the uh, the power numbers up you could say so that that was the biggest thing is i think just developing the leg kick and again
3: just putting a little more force in the ground when you talk about being able to hit the ball in the air versus hit the ball on the ground that's obviously something everybody is trying to do a little bit more of what was that process like for you and how how did you do it the first time i really
4: started talking about it was uh... with with the coach actually from uh... arizona uh... casey judge who is one of my hitting coaches in uh... hillsborough he He'd, we were just looking through some footage, and my, my finish was a little bit flat, so we tried to get a little bit of a higher finish, and we worked on that. Uh, definitely put some hours into that, no doubt, and it was a, it was a struggle. I still sometimes struggle with it today. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's always a work in progress, your swing, so um, just being able to try to get a little bit better each day definitely, definitely is the goal.
5: So speaking of power, your first Major League home run, not in a Mariners uniform with the Diamondbacks, but it was off Spencer Strider. How do you describe that first home run?
4: Uh, I, kind of, I mean, I kind of just blacked out because one, Acuna completely deked me on it. I thought he was just going to catch it because he was—he thought it was going to go off the wall. So he just kind of—he kind of just acted like he was going to catch it, and then it went it barely went over the wall, a little wall scraper. So I was—I was sprinting. I was already pretty much—I was pretty much already at second base by the by the time I noticed it was gone. So, uh, but definitely
3: pumped up, big spot. So it was definitely definitely a great memory. I know it sounds like uh, the players are about to take the field right now here in Tropicana Field. They're going through some uh, pregame. What do you think, Gary? The light show? Yeah, I think they're ready. Uh, we're a few hours away still. We are the only three people <laughs> that are on the field. Hey, did you get the ball back?
4: I did. Yes. Yes. Th- thankfully, uh, it was such a wall scraper that it kind of just went in the in the bushes. So uh, one of the one of the security people was able to grab it for me. And not that I don't like interacting with fans, but didn't have to, you know. Go through the whole experience of you know them holding it up for for ransom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's got the ball now? Mom, Dad? What's, where is it? Uh, it's just at my at, at my house and uh, at, at home with my mom. So uh, sent sent that one back and my uh, first big league hit. So that was nice. Very cool.
3: All right, you have quickly become. Uh, let's see. How do I phrase this? You have adopted. One of the most unique hand gestures that we have seen in a celebratory way for the Mariners. We have the, the chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the guys of the Mariners' social media have added the chef's kiss, kiss emoji to the hotkeys immediately for every CanZone <laughs> play. Uh, how did this come about? Uh, this Because the, the whole crew is a part of it now.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the fans kind of got it going with the whole Italian thing. They were just, everybody calls me Calzone, which is completely fine. I might as well just change my name I feel <laughs> like, if I'm fine now. But, um, yeah, and, and just... I guess, uh, bringing on the whole Italian vibe thing. Um, just doing, uh, also kind of cool, just going back and doing some family research on that stuff. So it's been fun to to go back and, and explore that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's just something that I kind of looked up. It was, it was kind of cool and someone brought to my attention. So it's, it's kind of just stuck. Yeah. What, what is the family lineage in history? What, what have you found out? Uh, my, my great, my great grandma on my dad's side is from uh, Naples, so that's definitely the the start of it. But she she definitely made the best the best meatballs I've ever had. So that's that's the uh, big Italian
3: heritage thing in my family. Yeah, do we have like big Italian dinners on Sunday night in the in the uh, Canzone family? What what's the household look like around the holidays in terms of Italian food? It's the
4: the the meatballs are definitely passed down. So my dad makes it at least once or twice a year, and everybody comes over. So that's 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 the Italian part. Seems
5: like you've been a quick adopter of the no fly zone too. Are you enjoying that?
4: <laughs> uh, for sure. I mean, if, if Julio gives it to me, I'll give it back to him. But <laughs> I kind I kind of gotta wait for his approval b- before I'm allowed to do it. So uh, if he if he gives it to me, then I'll give it back to him. But I'm not gonna be the first one to you know put it up. What's it like playing next to Julio? Uh, it's just an absolute joy, and he covers a lot of ground. So um, I kind of let him do his thing out there, and I cover the lines, and he's got the gaps. So,
3: <laughs> I mean, if you're going towards the gap on a ball, I mean, do you do you hear Julio? I mean, he's such a big man who runs so fast. Uh, that's not somebody you want to get in the way of. I mean, I, I, what is that like when you're closing in on a ball and you have number 44, you know, the face of the franchise coming in shoulder to shoulder with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely uh, give it a
4: glance, that's for sure. Uh, you definitely look over, make sure he's not about to uh, run you over on the tracks. <laughs> so uh, definitely maybe take the, the wider route and uh, and back him up. But, yeah, um, it's it's been an absolute joy. And, I uh, Obviously, he does his thing out there, and, and just, uh, again, just backing him up if he, if he does need any help, which he usually doesn't.
5: We've seen you in both corners. Do you have a preference one over the other?
4: Uh, to be honest, yeah, right field for sure. That's what I, uh, I played every day in college there, uh, most of the minors. So uh, left, left field, as you guys can see, I've taken some uh, interesting routes here and there. <laughs> so, uh, Luckily, it worked out in Cincinnati because that was one of the toughest balls I've had in a while just the transition to left, the left-handed hitting slice ball is always giving me trouble because when it starts on your left side, it's really tough to just say, hey, it's going to go right, so turn right, but your first instinct is always to go left, and then the the snap around with the head is something that you practice in spring training and stuff, but it's, uh, you don't ever want to turn the wrong way and take your eye off the ball because that, that can lead to disaster, but yeah, it's it's definitely a work in progress,
3: but Luckily, there hasn't been uh, <laughs> too much going on out there. Once the season starts, I know you referenced you practiced that in spring training, is the only way to practice once the bell rings just to get out there during a game? Yeah, just game reps and, and batting practice is huge mm-hmm.
4: too. Um, but, but, again, guys are hitting balls so true in BP. You don't get too many of those of sl- sliced balls. So, um, yeah, it's, it's more just game reps, and it'll take some time. But,
3: again, we're, we're working through it you got to walk us through the catch in Tampa Bay. I mean, you almost, I can't believe that you didn't go all the way over the wall. Mm-hmm. You somehow came back and made the catch. I mean, You can't practice that. What was going through your mind when you were closing in on that ball and the wall? Well, I, I honestly wasn't exactly sure where I was because I was i was
4: actually in the in the gap a little bit, and I was just running full speed, and I, I saw I was getting close to the fence, and I just kind of went full speed and just hoped for the best, really, because I just, I I didn't want to just, like, let it drop or or just go over the fence because it was a one-run game. So I wasn't really sure if it was going to go over, if it was by the foul pole. So I kind of just... Went for it and, and luckily it kind of just took out my knees and went onto a, a table and unfortunately I spilled the drinks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, did anybody uh, say anything to you? Yeah, I mean the drinks. Someone probably lost their fifteen dollar coke <laughs> and went, it went all over my pants and then I had to go change. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was all good and then I felt bad so I gave the the lady the ball after but it was it, it was all good and uh, I'm glad it worked out.
5: Well, you got a well-deserved no-fly zone from Julio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah that, that was, definitely that was good. I,
4: I, I gave it late just because I, I wanted to make sure that he gave it to me first. <laughs> but I was allowed to do it. <laughs> that's so good.
3: Since you have come to the organization, is there something you can identify from the hitting perspective that the Mariners have uh, are really resting on, that they – put their claim to fame on that in the hitters meetings this is what mariners hitters do is there something that stands out immediately
4: i would just say uh just letting the guys like be themselves they're never forcing anything on you they always give you the information that you need to go out and and compete every day which is great um if if there's an adjustment that you want to make or or you want to work on they'll work with you with it so um it's a it's a great group of uh, younger guys and they've and they've really helped just like from an, an approach standpoint of just making sure you stick to what you do well and, and not necessarily kind of giving into what the, pit, the pitcher is going to make some mistakes. So hopefully just continue to get the heater and hunt the heater.
5: Yeah, thinking about this run the Mariners have been on from your perspective, I mean, ever since you walked in the door, the Mariners have been <laughs> That's a good like point. the best team in baseball. What has this run been like to be a part of?
4: Just grateful to be in this position. And And a lot of guys, when they get called up, they get called up to – maybe teams that aren't doing so well or on maybe a losing skid. So to just come up to the big leagues and be on a team that's gone on this historic run is something just almost uh, unimaginable. So it's just, it, it's I'm just trying to enjoy every moment of it.
3: Yeah, Dom's got like the best winning percentage of franchise <laughs> history. <laughs> like minimum 30 games played. Right. <laughs> I was really interested in something you recently said about doing what you do best. You know, Scott has talked often about at the end of the season, he equips every player in a meeting with the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. What is it you think you do best on a baseball field? Uh, definitely just just
4: get the heater and get it in the air. So that's uh, obviously it's it's an adjustment with big league pitching, and they're not going to just groovy heaters right down the middle. But um, just being able to not miss those pitches is, is the biggest thing, and and that's and that's what I do damage on it is the heaters and and balls up. So uh, ho- hopefully, just to stay on those.
3: Did you, after week one of college football, TCU Colorado, mm-hmm. Coach Prime, right, Dion? Dion, after the game, kept saying, I told you so. I told you so. I felt like that was DePoto and Hollander after <laughs> Canzone hit one <went> over <laughs> the Hit of Here Cafe. Yes. I, told you, I told you so. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, Ford's gone off the windows this year. Like, historically, we've seen, like, Vogelback. Harper, right, other guys on other teams, but you're a long list. It's though. not a, it's a pretty short list, especially guys to nearly clear it, which is what you almost did. Did you take time to enjoy that home run? Because not only was it impressive, but it was also enormous in terms of time and place in the game. What was that like from your perspective?
4: Again, just another another special moment. Uh, obviously, wish we could have won that one. But, uh yeah, just just from the watching it perspective, definitely got to watch it for a second or two, just because it's one of those feeling like hollow feelings that you, as a hitter, you just you don't feel all the time, so when you get one you you know it, and that was definitely a good one to enjoy. you mean like on the you don't feel it on the bat, you mean, yeah, it's just like that hollow feeling that you just you just get it, and it's it's just no doubt, so. That was definitely an awesome feeling and just being able to watch it for a second was nice.
3: Yeah, because people asked Jerry after the game or the next day, like, did you know Canzone had that kind of power? He said, Yes, I did. <laughs> 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 because that is something remarkable. I mean, you've talked about being able to lift the ball more and hit for greater power, but when we look at your career log from your freshman year at Ohio State through the minors, through the you know, Cape League minors pro ball, like you've hit at every level take power out of it you have found the ability to make consistent and solid contact it feels like since day one is that what it seems like to you
4: uh i mean i I try to i mean whether whether that's always the case or not i mean i just try to again just put each bat together one at a time and and hopefully just uh hit hit a line drive somewhere so that's that's always the approach line drive up the middle so um it's it's been a challenge at each level and and pitchers are always going to make an adjustment and you're going to counter with something else
5: I know it's been a whirlwind, but how have you liked Seattle so far?
4: It's been amazing, man. The, the environment is is lo- unlike no other that, I, that I've been around. It, the stadium gets so loud, so it's just been an
3: absolute joy so far. And we talked about his lifetime record as a Mariner. The attendance, it, it, <laughs> yeah. like, he's averaging like 34,000 people a game yeah. in his Mariner's career. Yeah. Hey, is there a, a statistic, like a conventional statistic that we would find on the back of a baseball card or on fan graphs that you look at that you really – Say this is something that will help to define my success if I excel in this particular area. Uh, Just what I could do better, basically, like something that you you know some guys pride themselves on. I'm an RBI guy. I'm a home run guy. I want to hit for an average. I want to get on base. Is there something that you look at that say this is when I when I play well, this number is in a good shape? Uh, Probably, I think just for any
4: hitter uh, from the offensive side is just OPS. I think OPS is the the biggest tell uh, of the type of production that you're putting in. Uh, and, and the higher that is, the better you're going to help your ball club.
3: Dom, this has been really great, man. We appreciate the time. It's, it's wonderful to get to know you a little bit. You've made such an impact on the field already, and thank you for being so gracious with your time.
4: I appreciate you guys having me for sure. This is awesome.